I'm James Day, and this is Focus on Pocus, a podcast about current topics in point-of-care ultrasound and its effect on the future of medicine. Today's esteemed guest, Alexander Talaska, works as a radiologist in Vienna, focusing on muscle skeletal sonography and diagnostics and therapeutic intervention, as well as emergency medicine. Alex loves the complexity of anatomical knowledge combined with dynamic scanning in muscle skeletal. Solving a problem efficiently and integrating sonography in patients' needs and best outcomes in diagnostics. One of his favorite scans is peripheral nerve imaging. In his second year during his studies of medicine at the Medical University of Vienna, he deeply got in touch with sonography. First, he was teaching as a sono tutor from student to student, and in between his studies, organized the students' initiative, sono for You. He built up a team of enthusiastic student tutors in sonography. During his radiology residency at the Department of Biomedical Imaging and Image-Guided Therapy at Medical University of Vienna, he combined his broadly trained sonoanatomy skills with a huge variety of pathologies and MRI skills, especially in muscle skeletal imaging. Since 2012, Alex contributes regularly to several teachings and educational events for medical specialists, residents, sonographers, and medical students. He also focuses on comparable documentation techniques and structured reporting in sonography, interdisciplinary discussions, and the use of sonography with consequence. Currently, Alex works in one of the biggest trauma and rehabilitation centers in Vienna, accompanied by sports medicine specialists. Wow, amazing. So how are things in Vienna, Australia, the city of music? Well, as you said, they're really great. And um, I'm performing lots of ultrasound uh, from different patients, if it's sports medicine or if it's just, uh, let's say, an accident of a 60, 70-year-old. And it's always the same to <laughs> to perform <laughs> that document and to find out what the patient has. It's great. So just for goofs, uh, do you ever have to do a muscle skeletal wrist scan of a cello player in one of those awesome Vienna orchestras you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually not. <laughs> Therefore, I have to be a professor, I think. But anyhow, uh, sometimes uh, we have to, uh, due to colleagues who work with the ballet dancers, we have to perform diagnostics on them. It's mostly MRI, but sometimes uh, yeah. MRI doesn't, uh, how can I say, give the uh, solution, and then uh, my part comes with the ultrasound. Right. So, uh, okay. So let's say you have an emergency, a patient with muscle trauma. Is sonography the first line imaging, and when does it, you know, make sense? Um, well, if you know it's dedicated uh, from from the clinical evaluation examination to a muscle trauma, I think it's first line. But of course, depending on the mechanism, for example, of let's say a trauma emergency, uh, you have to first, of course, the clinical examination. You cannot skip that, and. Uh, here we mainly perform, of course, first, um, and let's say an X-ray uh, of a certain region to be sure there's no fracture. But if um, the clinician is very good and um, yeah, performs a very nice examination, then it comes directly to my ultrasound machine. And um, with good information, where to look at, what was the mechanism and how old the injury is. And so I'm always dependent, of course, on these infos. Uh, but I think, yeah, mm. ultrasound is first line to go with it. 
So tell us more in detail about the evaluation of muscle trauma and how you scan. Is it, it's always a dynamic scan when you're working on muscle skeletal. Um, it's kind of difficult sometimes because, um, yes, you need the dynamic scan. Uh, you cannot do it without it, but you need a lot of knowledge of anatomy. So you need the landmarks where to start from, uh, to think of mechanism uh, of the trauma, for example, or the sport or uh, the hobby uh, the, the patient did. And um, then you try to identify the region of interest where he has the pain first. I always let my patients show with one finger where the pain is, start there at the region of interest, and then scan in a transverse view over the region and the yeah, certain muscles, tendons, and myotendinous junction. Mm-hmm. And if he has an issue there or pathology, I will find it in the transverse view in a dynamic scan. I see. So between the two different angles, the transverse and the longitudinal, I see. Um, do you do, I guess you do a lot of contralateral indication, you know, when you look at different muscles, say you look at a micro tear or, and then you look at one leg and then you look at the other leg for comparison. Yeah, it's, uh, you have to do it. You cannot, uh, cannot spare that, um, because it's the best way to show your colleagues what the patient has. We always interdisciplinary with orthopedics or, uh, neurologists. Um, or uh, physicians from different kinds of fields. And if you have this comparison, also a comparison in, in, in video format, for example, this helps you a lot to understand the uh, regular anatomy to the pathology or the variant somebody has to the pathology. It's always getting tough if somebody has an old illness or old muscle tear or a tendinous problem on one side, then yeah. like many the same with an acute setting on the other side. But anyhow, um, you have to uh, yeah to compare the sides always. Yeah, I find MSK the most challenging of all the scans uh, available in POCUS myself, um, just because you have to have such an extensive knowledge of the anatomy and, and where you're at, and it is dynamic. Uh, so I want to know, you know, do sometimes you use ultrasound with, or without, say, an MRI, how do you uh, detect a muscle trauma with consequence in medical treatment? Well, as first an image, as I said, I, I use ultrasound, and I think you can really depict the region of interest and the, the amount of damage uh, and the location, which is always important because MRI needs to be specific. You cannot say, let's make an eye of MRI or the whole, uh, whole leg. It's not possible. You have to be specific and plan your sequences and and use a parasitical plane, the pericoral plane, on the muscle itself. So that's why it's getting a bit tough to be precise in that. And for example, in the region mm-hmm. of the wrist, or let's say the origin of the hamstrings, I think it's really worth to use MRI because sometimes um, you have different uh, involvement of muscles like the quadratus or the obturator. Uh, you cannot really depict ultrasound and um, you have to be sure um, if the patient needs another treatment also it's not always an isolated muscle problem Uh, of course you can detect it in the first time but uh, to be sure in controlling and and and, uh, yeah which modality to use for a control method uh, I think Mm -hmm. it's getting nearer to the hip MRI is very useful and uh, yeah 
necessary. So they complement each other or what you need to do and those two yes, certain yes. certain areas. Yeah. Huh. I think that's the most important sentence you said in this podcast, actually, because uh, some colleagues always think it's either ultrasound or MRI. And it's not like that. You have um, to use them both in the best way and mm-hmm. not always just one or the other. And um, I don't know if everybody uh, or every colleague learns it like this. I didn't learn it like that in the studies. It's always uh, said in the medical studies, uh, ultrasound said or MI for that, but there was no, let's say, uh, complementary <laughs> learning about that. Came later. Oh, I see. So, yeah. So the ultrasound is the first line, and then you can do maybe, maybe interrogate a little more, and then you add the MRI to complement that and, and to extend that mm-hmm. overall. Oh, that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Does CT fit in there anywhere? Um, not directly for muscle trauma, but mm. as long as you have a bony involvement or a joint involvement, whether you have dislocation, fracture, or maybe sometimes a bulging, which is uh, difficult to depict, um, then you can... Add CT, but I wouldn't do it on a regular basis. For me, these are special cases with complex mechanisms um, where, yeah, you need the additional imaging. So what do you do as a clinician for, let's say, follow-up of muscle trauma? You know, what are the complications and classifications? Well, at first you have to depict which muscle is involved because it needs different time depending on the location of the muscle and which muscle. We have all the classification systems for the lower leg and not really for the upper or the lower extremity and not really for the upper one. So as it gets to the upper extremity, it's a bit difficult and a bit more, let's say, how you feel. But um, you have to be sure about the complications if the patient um, uh, doesn't feel uh, good enough after let's say two or three weeks you have to uh, get him back to for example perform a second ultrasound examination sometimes we have myositis uh, ossifying myositis of the region for example at the quadriceps muscle and uh, i saw a lot of football players for example here mm-hmm. in in professional and also in uh, hobby sports uh, young people which which couldn't really bend the, the knee and um, mm-hmm. it was for example, due to this complication. Um, and also, which is very important, you have to be very, um, uh, yeah, you have to know what the patient did and what not. If he, for example, said uh, after two weeks he began again to play something, uh, play football or mm. do sports again, of course, it's not a regular healing time. And then uh, this is what the stories in the newspapers are with, uh, let's say, a football player uh, yeah, has to miss a whole season, half a year, because he has a re-injury. So re-injury is really a big issue here. Yeah, I guess it would be. It's the fibers and everything have healed or scarred, and then it's, I guess it's more vulnerable. So, all right, how about this? I'll just toss this at you. Um, can you tell us about a recent case <laughs> in your muscle skeletal practice and uh, just uh, how you, how the imaging brought you to the, your diagnosis? Well, um, it's a very interesting case because uh, <laughs> it really fits to ultrasound as a first-line imaging because uh, we had a problem or, let's say, the honor to get a new MRI in our hospital. And therefore, for about three weeks, we hadn't the possibility to perform MRI in our hospital directly, so we were completely dependent on sonography. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, then a patient came with, let's say, a typical hamstring injury. And I said, uh, that's the best time to come here because then I would complimentary use it. But it didn't function, of course, because it wasn't available. And I tried to really perform as much as I can with ultrasound. Let's say uh, the region of the muscle trauma is the myotendinous junction involved? Is it a complete avulsion? Uh, what about the size of hematoma? Other muscles involved? And it was a let's say, complex hamstring injury. But I was sure about that mechanism and the size and the um, involved muscles. So I could really precisely um, set a date for the control um, in, it was in this case, in six weeks later. And then we had the new MRI to um, yeah, perform this um, imaging modality in addition to ultrasound. Uh, and it was really the same uh, findings. And, uh, of course, I was pleased with that because it shows you you have enough um, uh, yeah, enough routine to be also uh, correct in, mm-hmm. in these cases. Uh, but the patient really suffered because you cannot, you're not able to operate these. Yeah? You can just enhance the healing time. But unfortunately, it's, we, we cannot say don't walk for six weeks and it doesn't function. Right. Yeah, so it was a classical hamstring with, while running, and she was quite sportive. So it was a bit, um, yeah, a bit unusual case maybe, but a classical avulsion at the end of the biceps femoris and the semitendinosus and additionally also semimembranosus at the origin. Yeah, yeah, I can see how that evolved and... A classic case that was tricky. You got anything more like that? Any other uh, interesting case? Uh, what's the? I got one. What's the most common muscle skeletal uh, injury? Is it it's, uh, tears or overextension? Uh, you mean in general? Um, yeah, just generally in MSK. <laughs> that, that's a difficult question because there are some studies which say tear is a bit too easy to describe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I cannot really answer that. Uh, anyhow, um, I think it's more more the muscle trauma, let's say it like that. <laughs> we okay. need to be differentiated a bit more. Um, sometimes it makes sense due to healing time because tear was used a long time or, um, or is used actually sometimes um, with, let's say, standard times uh, here um, in, in healing time and um, yeah, supportive uh, therapy. But it's more that than extension, um, which is the mechanism. Gotcha. Well, Dr. Talaska, it was great having you on today's podcast. It's been informative, and we thank you for all you do to increase patient safety. Great. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, yeah, go on with the podcast. Yes, and uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you very much. So don't forget for more POCUS style topics, follow us on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. Yeah.